God. It has marred our affections, our actions, our attitudes. It's holistic. Sin has corrupted our nature. And it reveals itself when you're in the 10 item or less line and a person with 12 in front of you gets you mad. The, the sin nature reveals itself when you got to drive in that shoulder because they in front of you are cramping your style. The sin nature reveals itself when you walk down the magazine aisle just to get a peek. The sin nature reveals itself on that snide comment you posted on someone's wall. See, sin has separated us from God and it reveals itself in many ways. But I said reveals itself because sin is not just what we do, but it's who we've become. We can keep our actions perhaps under wraps somewhat, but sin has already done its damage. It separated us from God. This is at the heart of the Christmas story. Sin has separated and there's nothing that you or I can do about it. See, that's why it says that Jesus will come and he will save his people from their sins. Not that he will tell us how to save ourselves. Isaiah tells us our good works are like filthy rags. Trying to earn God's favor is like trying to put duct tape on a flat tire of your SUV to fix a flat. It's like trying to rinse your mouth with sewage. It's not going to do the trick because our good works fall short. Not just a little... It's not even in the same picture. But Jesus came to save his people from their sin. He came to deal with the sin issue. And this is part of why Jesus and his his mission was all about. We also see this focus that not anyone could come and save people from sin. Not anyone could do this. Jesus came to do it. Three different names for him are used in this passage alone. I don't know if you caught it. The first one is in verse 18. This is, the book of, this, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. The name Christ is, is the, the Greek equivalent to the Old Testament version of Messiah. He is our deliverer. He's the one who would rescue people and ultimately from sin. That's the first name. The second name we see is that he's been given the name Jesus. In the Old Testament, that name was known as Joshua or Yeshua. Yeshua. The name Yeshua means salvation. And that word is used in Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation, my Yeshua, comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my Yeshua. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Even Jesus' name was communicating His mission. He's come to save. He's come to save people. He is a deliverer. But it also calls him, he will call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. I don't think this is a nickname on the street. This is, this is a name communicating identity. The word Emmanuel is a Hebrew word that means God with us. This is significant. When this baby came about, When Mary held Jesus, she held God. When Mary burped Jesus, she burped God, in in essence, in, in reality. 
Mary lived with God. Joseph and Mary raised Jesus, who was God in human flesh. He is Emmanuel. When you were present with Jesus, you were present with God. See, only He can save His people from their sins, because only the God-man can do it. There was a book written in the 11th century by a guy named St. Anselm of Canterbury. And the book is titled, Why the God-Man? Why did Jesus, why did God have to become a man? Well, in essence, we see that God can't just sweep our sin under the rug. Sin is a problem, as we already talked about. It mars our relationship with God. It has separated us. And God can't just sweep it under the rug and say, Oh, it's it's not there anymore. I'm going to pretend. I'm going to ignore it. I'm going to ignore it. No, sin has to be punished for the wages of sin. The penalty of sin is death. Death has to happen for sin. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin, says Hebrews. So why did God become a man? Well, first of all, only God can save us. Only God can save us. Only God can live in perfection. But he had to be man because only man can take our place. Only man could be our substitute. Only man could die on our behalf. And Jesus is that perfect God-man. This is, this is remarkable what took place. This is called the incarnation, as Pastor Ralph talked about, where God took on flesh, carne. He took on flesh. Why the God-man? Because this is the only way that his people could be saved from their sin. So when we see the manger, in your mind's eye, picture the shadow of the cross behind it. Now, some of you might be thinking, this is extremely morbid. You're talking about someone's death while celebrating their birthday? Seriously? That's what the angel did when he was still in utero. You will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He had a mission. God came as a man to die. This is what Christmas is all about. This is at the heart of what we celebrate. Little Ralphie's story is fun. The Red Rider BB gun, it's hysterical, it's funny. But this is Christmas. God became a man to save people. My prayer is that there's some of you today who don't know Jesus Christ. You've, you've might have been around for a while. You've gone through many Christmas sermons. You've even sung Hark the Herald Angels Sing, which says, Hail Incarnate Deity. But have you submitted your life to Jesus Christ? My prayer is that today would be that day. It, it is my prayer. It's our prayer that, we, that today Jesus would be your deliverer from sin. In just a few moments, as when we close our service, we're going we're gonna to sing a hymn that I want to read for you first. And then uh, I want to allow us some time just to meditate upon that, upon these words. It's a hymn that's called, Who is He in Yonder Stall? And the words go like this. Who is he in yonder stall at whose feet the shepherds fall? Who is he in deep distress fasting in the wilderness? Tis the Lord, O wondrous story. Tis the Lord, the King of glory. At his feet we humbly fall. 
Crown him, crown him Lord of all. Who is he the people bless for his words of gentleness? Who is he to whom they bring all the sick and sorrowing? Who is he that stands and weeps at the grave where Lazarus sleeps? Who is he the gathering throng greet with loud triumphant song? Lo, at midnight, who is he prays in dark Gethsemane? Who is he on yonder tree dies in grief and agony? Who is he that from the grave comes to heal and help and save? Who is he that from his throne rules through all the world alone? Tis the Lord, O wondrous story. Tis the Lord, the King of glory. At his feet we humbly fall. Crown him, crown him, Lord of all. Let's bow together. Take some time to think of. Let us just consider these, these words uh, that we've seen here in Luke 1, uh, in Matthew 1. Father in heaven, we just bow ourselves before you, God. And Lord, we, we're just so mindful of the beauty of this Christmas story. We thank you for the examples of Mary and Joseph. We thank you, Lord, for their integrity, their servant heart. And we, Lord, thank you for Jesus above all, who came and met us as we were floundering in our sin, to die for us and give us the hope of eternal life through his resurrection from the dead. And Lord, we just, we just rejoice in you, keeping in full perspective the manger and the cross. Say, God, we worship you. Oh Lord, how we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I do want us to stand together. I want to invite our, our ushers to come forward. Our prayer